like it. There you go. Welcome to the party. It's <laughs> popping. Uh, welcome to episode three of the podcast. Uh, we still haven't thought of a name yet, so if you, if you have any, just comment them. We're open-minded to anything, so just shoot away. And uh, this episode is going to be about good anxiety, how not all forms of anxiety can be bad, or you can transmit your bad anxiety into something more beneficial for your life. So, without further ado, we're going to get into it. Any elaboration on good anxiety? Yeah, let me take a crack at it. So, I think... (laughs) I think the most important thing for anxiety is probably to get it in a position where it pushes you instead of standing in your way. Because, I mean, if you're trying to do something, obviously, like, you have something like anticipatory anxiety, like, you're scared to do something. Like, Mm -hmm. that's the feeling you get when you sit down on a roller coaster and it hasn't taken off yet. Because you're (laughs) like, holy shit. Because all those possibilities come through your head, you're like, oh my god, I can fall off this Right, right, right. (laughs) Right. And then you get on it, and then you have a great time. So, great time. Yeah. Everyone. That like that directly correlates to your future as well. Like mm, the directly. positive, it's it's an anxiety because um, it's the unknown. Your future is unknown, so Entirely. you have anxious thoughts like, "What is my future gonna hold for mm-hmm. me?" But that is a driving factor in your life, and the power of not knowing just keeps you going. Just keeps you going. So like, your present moment is so sick. So to say, like you sitting in that car and in the roller coaster, it's about to take off, and you're just like, I have no idea what's ahead of me. Like, I could, I could die, but like that's always a possibility. You could die, yeah, whatever. Right. So if you can just channel that anxiety to, not, like worry about it. Be like, I don't know what's coming. What's coming? Am I gonna be poor? Am I gonna, am I gonna succeed? You should channel that anxiety into something like, what can I do right now to make me more right likely to have that future that I desire, you know, constantly be looking for new branches to expand yourself, expand your financial income, and all that shit. Right. Yeah, I think that's a great point. I think um, with anxiety in general, like, some people get to the top because they strive to be at the top. That's where they want to be. A lot of people get to the top because they're running away from the bottom. And I think that's an equally powerful force as the drive to succeed is the drive not to fail. Mm -hmm. And when you channel your anxiety into like to stop hindering you from your success but actually driving you away from failure mm-hmm. i think that's the position that it's important to be in for your anxiety to work in your favor yeah, or, or the fear of being average I, I'm, right right I'm, I'm so yeah scared of that. you just want to be above i'm so scared of that and people get a lot of anxiety about their futures because they don't realize that it's okay to lose mm-hmm. right dude winning means being like unafraid to lose mm-hmm. like you're right. not going to be a winner without losing like it, it's right, just, it right. just doesn't happen in this world. You just need to be okay with taking the loss, figuring out what you did wrong, analyzing everything, so you can bounce back that much harder next time to win. Mm-hmm. It's just bounce back, bounce back. Winners are literally unafraid. So like, you just kind of gotta go into things like balls to the wall. And like, if it go, if it doesn't go oh, yeah. your way, commit. If if it doesn't go your way, you're, you're gonna learn something from it. So like, if you do it again, how do you beat someone that doesn't give up? Like, how do you? I mean, you can't. That's the you thing. You can't. You can't, you can't give up either. You can't be someone that doesn't give up, though. So, like, yeah. So, like, say I want to make five million dollars by the time I'm I'm thirty, or forty, even. Just because, like, some people don't even make that in their lifetime. How how is anyone gonna stop me if I if I don't let one negative judgment get to me? How do you take someone down who's just like totally concentrated, totally focused? I mean, nothing you can stop you because nothing's distracting you. You don't have any doubt. That's 
all about the final result. Like, I know I'm gonna get there, and this is how I'm gonna do it. Nothing is gonna get in my way. Nothing. It's cliche, but you only really lose when you quit. Yeah, yeah, and if you don't quit, then you don't you're lose. You're just learning. You're, 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 it's a lesson, it's not a loss. And learning is winning, so right. I, how are you? Learning ever? is winning. That's what people don't understand. When you're building that process to become a better winner, you need to learn in the process of doing that. Like Kobe and MJ, they didn't they didn't get to that point without studying the game. It's the, the it's just the line. tedious things that add up to the bigger picture. Yeah, like how many game-winning shots did Michael Jordan miss? Probably like I think there's a stat like 80 game-winning shots that he missed, but he still takes them, you know, cuz like Oh yeah. The, I saw this one thing that was like if someone shoots 0 for 9, and they stop shooting, that's worse than them, like, going one for 15. Yeah, I think that was Dion Waiters yeah, that yeah, said that. Yeah. I think he was quoting Kobe. He said something like, like... Because they lost their confidence. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, what, even when you're 0-9, when you're that far in the hole, like, you just have to keep shooting. You gotta keep you shooting. Do. It goes the same for, for women. You know, if you're if you're a dude, yeah, you just gotta keep shooting, bro. I mean, one, keep shooting that shot. One of them's gotta go in, right? Might have a couple bricks here and there, but you know, bad yeah. bricks, bad, bad bricks, bad bricks. Ah! <laughs> you just yeah. gotta learn from the brick, bro. Dude, you need to be totally okay with rejection. Right. Like, right. It's just you're gonna get rejected in so many things it's in life, so but it, it, the ability to bounce back is so important in life. Or you just yeah. need to recover and put it behind you, learn from it, and then grow to the next and then stage. Just bounce back. Bounce back. Bounce back. You like, you can't take it so personally. You know, you can't be like, oh, she she denied me because I'm ugly because I'm. It's it's probably their personal preference, and she's. I get it. She's not right. the same as everyone. Everyone has a different right. type, right? Everyone has a different type. So if you can just consciously wire yourself to be like, on to the next, on to the next with everything, yeah. you'll be. You'll literally be golden. I think you actually just brought up a really good point, Alex. Like, when people do get rejected, or let's just take that for example, people are so quick to turn it into a reason about something that's bad about them. Like, like this is the entire possibility of reasons that someone could have rejected you. And reasons about you is like one was, point right here. Like, <laughs> one tiny it was one point. small part of all the possible things yeah. that could be why a person isn't fucking with you. And for you to automatically think it's that specific set of reasons, I mean, the straight it's just unneeded. The straight up, right. It's like what anxiety pretty much is. You're making right. up these false stories in your head. Don't make assumptions, Because man. you're making these past assumptions from something that happened in your past. And by implementing that into your thoughts, you're creating the likelihood of it being in your present reality. You are the placebo. Yeah, yes, sir. Yes, sir. Great book. So, like, the more you think about something that happened from your past, the more likely it's going to be apparent in your future and your present. So, right. if you had a bad experience with a girl, uh, you, you made a fool of yourself, and you're like, oh, I'm going to do that shit again. You're just cre- increasing the likelihood of it happening again. So, right. people, people, I didn't even know that until, like, three days ago, but now that I know that, I'm like, oh, I'm just going to stop thinking about that shit, because yeah. it has nothing to do with right now. Right. It's all about change. I think that's one of the main themes in the book you are the placebo is just fundamentally it's just change like you have to be changing all the time you have to be you can't get stuck in the same routine can't get stagnant because once you get stagnant you just grow algae and you get you get fucking disgusting literally a great example you get fucking disgusting gotta clean that fish tank (laughs) (laughs) gotta clean the tank (laughs) but uh you should so another thing that people should uh implement into the lives is 
intention behind their attention. Okay. So, I'm trying to think of a good way to elaborate on that. Uh, you have your attention. Okay, so you're studying, right? Mm -hmm. Your your attention is on what you're studying. So you're reading you're reading a textbook. If you truly have an intention of getting a good grade on a test, that intention makes your attention to reading that much oh. more powerful. That's a good way of putting it. So it's just, it's just so much more attention on what you're reading and you develop, you, do, you just develop those thoughts and ideas and learn from them. That's a great way of putting it. That's a really great way of putting it. Right, right. I think uh, the intention to your attention is kind of like, I think that's a good guide for implementing the things that you want to happen because, I mean, your attention is the first part of it. You have to be able to look and see, like, what you're doing, and then the intention is actually manifesting what you want in your reality. Mm -hmm. So I think that's just a great, like, one-two punch for, like, implementing your thoughts, the things that you want, implementing your attentions, intentions into reality through your attention. If that makes sense. I want to elaborate on manifestation. So, for the people who don't know what manifestation is, personally, I would explain it as manifestation is kind of like intention, in a way. You are consciously thinking about a thought that you want or something that you see in your future. So, you're manifesting, I'm going to be a millionaire, I'm going to be a millionaire. And that goes into your thoughts and if you consciously keep putting that into your thoughts, it will just it will make a concrete formation, and you'll just const constantly be striving to reach that. So you're manifesting that you're going to be a millionaire in your future. That gives you a better chance of becoming a millionaire in your future because you're going to be thinking about what to do to get you to that point. Mm -hmm. So that's a quick example of manifestation. Yeah, you're wiring your subconscious yeah. to fire that neural pathway more often so the more you think about it the more likely it is to come more, into your reality because it you're becomes gonna, more concrete so those thoughts create feelings and those feelings create actions and those actions are what create the success so you have to think about it enough to the point where you feel it you know it's so like I want to live in Chicago so I Every morning I wake up and I visualize what that feeling will be when I wake up and I'm looking out. Yeah, right, you're looking right. up at the buildings. Yeah, you're yeah. like, all right, this is going to be me. Yeah, and I, I visualize myself feeling what I'll feel like once I finally make it there. So those feelings create continuous actions. So I'm taking these actions every day to increase the likelihood of me making that happen. Right. right. I think this goes hand in hand with an old cliche. It goes something like, dress for the job you want to have, not for the job that you have. Yeah, something like yeah. that. So like, like you're putting yourself in the shoes of the person you want to be right not the person that you currently that's are. so important yeah i mean i think the fundamental idea behind that is the more you think about something like when you visualize something in your head those thoughts become embedded in your mind and then they eventually seep into your actions in the real world mm -hmm. and then like you said the actions is what creates the success like success doesn't come on thoughts alone the thoughts have yeah. to be implemented into the real world like via what you do and then that's what creates the success <clears throat> so i think you're spot on you yeah. need to have action. Yeah, I mean, it all starts with an idea, though. So once you get the idea, you, you can plan from that idea. Right. And then implement it. So, honestly, just train your brain to fire you ideas. But once you find one, you're like, oh, shit, that, that'll work. Mm -hmm. That'll work. Then you just, you just roll with it. And if it doesn't go your, your way your first five times, 
if you know it'll work, if you figure it out, just keep trying. Right, you have to you have to take the information on why you failed, pivot, and then come at it from a different angle, mm-hmm. armed with the knowledge that you have from when you tried it and it didn't work. Yeah, like these these podcasts, for for perfect example, like we want obviously we want it to succeed a lot, mm-hmm. and if our video views keep declining. There's obviously a way that we can make them incre- yeah. increase. We're gonna switch it up. Yeah, yeah. And there's because we won't give up, so failure isn't an option. So with trial and error, the only way is success. Right, Perfect. right. Trial and error. Figure out what works. Yeah, I mean, I think a key with that too is just you gotta be persistent. Like, key. goes back to the beginning of the conversation. You can't give up. You gotta be persistent. Like. You're going to fail. It's going to happen. Oh, mm-hmm. certain. Like, certain. But you just have to stay persistent. You have to persevere, you know? Even though that, that shit is boring. Sometimes. Like, I mean, it's hard. It persists. You gotta chase it, man. Quitting is chase. easy. It won't chase you. Quitting is easy. Quitting is easy. It will not easy. chase you. You have to chase your success and your yeah. dreams. Constantly be evolving to make it not as boring. Less interesting, so you gotta make it more. You have to make it more interesting. No one's gonna make it more interesting for you. Mm-hmm. So like that's why I feel like if we ever move locations, dude, that's why. Pockets. That's why like to keep your interests flowing, I would give someone advice and say, treat treat like whatever you're doing sort of as a game. You know, everything's it's like it's no deeper. When you when you break everything down, you can consider life a game. The game, it's like kind of like Monopoly. You know. You go through life, most people go through life, and they chase the bag. They want the money, right? So if you treat that as a game to a smaller scale, like, what am I going to do today mm-hmm. to get better at this game of life, to, like, increase my knowledge or skills to get to that next level, which gets me more money or mm-hmm. more happiness, whatever you want. Mm-hmm. And you just keep on progressing through these levels and keep becoming more content, more wealthy, more happy, have more love. Dude, you'll be unstoppable. Oh, I know. If you can just wire yourself to never give up, constantly be looking for Mm -hmm. new experiences, new feelings, new... Dude, you'll be unbeatable. I actually remember... uh, we had a conversation about that exact analogy about how treating how treating life as a game. Like, we had a conversation about that as like a week or two ago, and I think, I think the real the real like nugget of gold behind that particular idea is the fact that you have to stay detached. Like, if you die in a video game and like you take it personally, like you're just being a weirdo. Like, and it's the same way in life. Like, if you if you fail, like you just can't take it personally. Like, yeah, you just gotta bounce back. Right. You, you have, have to, to stay bounce. deep. You have to be able to like. You are the conscious observer of your emotions. So when you experience an emotion, you have to be able to step back. And that's I think that's what the game analogy yeah. is really trying to say. And figure out why you're experiencing that emotion. Because if there's if there's a negative emotion, we've talked about this. There, Negative emotion just means there's something needs to change. Right. Whether that be consciously or in the real world. So I mean, like, say you get killed in Call of Duty and you get like butt hurt about it, which is like it happens. It happens, you know. Yeah. Like, oh my what God. The, yeah. yeah. What the fuck? Yeah. But, like, it's easy to get pissed so about easy. it. It's so it, it's easy to get pissed. Yeah. About I mean, I think uh, an idea I really like is when, um, like, when you get pissed about something or like something really annoys you. Mm-hmm. There's basically two fundamental ways you can treat that. You can 
say, look, like, I'm being immature, like, I need to grow up, like, I shouldn't be mad over this, it's stupid, like, yeah. maybe, like, petty jealousy or something like that, like, you have to either say, look, like, this is an immature emotion, like, if I pursue this, it's not gonna be good for anyone, mm -hmm. um, exactly. and then the other, the, uh, other side of that is thinking, okay, maybe this is something that actually warrants me being upset about, so, I can't think of an example off the top of my head, but, I mean, it's basically those, those two ways of treating it. You have to, like, when you have those emotions, it's, look, like, is this justified, first and foremost? Mm -hmm. Like, should I be mad about this? Is it right for me to be mad about this? Or am I just being petty? And if you're just being petty, then that's when you really have to detach yourself from the emotion and say, like, look, I know my body is feeling like this, but you have to be smarter than your emotions. Mm -hmm. You have to be control your emotions before they control you. Right, you right. You really just need to take, it's all about taking that step back and analyzing analyzing yourself and how you feel. Mm -hmm. How your body feels, how your mind feels. It's two different things. Taking a step back and analyzing it. It'll just give you so much more perspective. Dude, once, you, once I started to do that, like, I felt myself become like more as an intellect, you know what I mean? Like when I could catch myself, you know how sometimes you just spit words out unknowingly, like yeah, unconsciously you're you're saying shit and you sound stupid, because you're just yeah. I used to do that all the time. Like in high school, I would just talk and I would sound like a fucking idiot because I wouldn't really think about it. But once I started to be able to control myself, like mm -hmm. and take a step back and be like, all right, should I really say this or is this gonna like me and my dad especially, bro? We would butt heads. I would just throw fucking heat at them. You gotta know when enough is enough. Yeah, yeah. And that just comes down to a higher level of consciousness. Mm -hmm. Like when you're aware of most of your thoughts, sometimes it's, it's bad to be too aware mm -hmm. of your thoughts because then you just critique everything and you, you just like, you're so judgmental of your thoughts and of yourself. So you need to find the happy medium I'm to like, where you're conscious about your emotions but you're not analyzing every single thing you do in this world because then you'll just be caught up mm -hmm. over little things. Just an understanding more of just like why you do that and right. like accept why you do that. Like some people get like sad over or jealous. Like don't don't beat yourself up for being the jealous type. Understand why you're the jealous type. Like you're a loving person. Like you don't want to someone to give affection to someone that only you want to give affection mm -hmm. to. Don't beat yourself up over that. But like obviously there's room for improvement in that aspect. Be like. Okay, I understand why I feel this way, but I can improve this just by taking a step back and realizing that they're not my person. They never were mine to begin with. Like, they're their own person. Yeah. Dude, jealousy is such a dangerous thing that yes. we have created as humans. Social media makes that so easy, bro. So, so easy. easy to fall into the jealousy trap. It's just the... It's, it's mind-boggling. Jealousy can like, just tear dude, you apart. Dude, girls, well, girls like dead ass compare themselves to Kylie Jenner. <laughs> like, think about, dude, it. it it tears friendships apart. It tears it tears yourself apart because you feel like shit. And you just like there's like girls in friend groups will there's good, there's always that one girl in the friend group that's like the baddest, you know, like for most for most. And some girls will be like. Why can't I look like her? She gets all the boys. She gets all the boys. But by mm -hmm. putting that like thought onto the universe, why does she get more boys than me? It's just making it more prevalent. Like, and it ruins people because they're comparing themselves to someone that they are genetically nothing alike. Right. Dude, you know what else is is actually really intricate, and it comes down to just our genetics and 
like evolution is finding the alphas or the top people in each group. Every single friend group has that one girl or that one guy who is just the most influential, mm -hmm. who people just respect the most. And you can, if you take a step back and like you're hanging out with your friends or whatever, and you really analyze the situation, you can tell like who Dude, that person is so just by easy. observing other people's so like emotions and body language towards others. You can tell like so easily. That I agree. Like just by their feet, oh, just, I know. By, just by their feet or their heads, the way they like. <laughs> if if other people's like when you're when you're talking and communicating with other people, you're. The attention is so, where your feet goes. Subconsciously, basically. yeah. Yes. So like people will point themselves where all their attention is. Like so, if you're in a group, like a circle, and you're talking, just look at people's feet, and you'll just—you can tell who's, who's really the center of attention. And you're like, yes, yeah, it's, it's fucking. Whack. It's really about being observant over everything. Take a step back, and you're the like, more wow. observant you are of Dude. life and everything in life, it's just the more appreciation you gain, honestly. Because like if you look at the intricate. Like if you look at, at a leaf, you Dude, just you never take the time to look at a leaf on a and, tree. And you're sitting there, you're like, and it's wow. so intricate, <laughs> so much detail yeah. into it. Just but, a fucking leaf. But we just we never think about that stuff because there's always something else going on in our head or bigger picture. But, but if you just take a step back, you can learn to appreciate things for what they are. Bro, it's more. crazy how like something as simple as a leaf can be as intricate as like a human body. Because mm -hmm. like it has veins going through the leaf. It mm -hmm. came from a living tree. Like bro, I don't know. I just do. And our our veins look like tree roots. And have you ever seen like a uh, a a DNA cell like explode? No, it, sir. It looks exactly like star, like a star explosion. I don't know what the fuck it was called, but like it's. I feel like each human is like the universe experiencing it. the universe as like a wave. Is the ocean experience like one single wave is a, an effect from the whole ocean like it's so fucking hard to explain but like it I, is it's very intricate i get it in my head but like i can't pronunciate it <laughs> you know what i mean <laughs> i know exactly what you mean yeah it's one of those fucking things but it's just crazy because like we're all so intricately designed and people just kind of think it's normal yeah i mean it is normal but shit like, really like layers on each other like Think, if you think about like atoms and molecules, I mean, that's on some level the same thing as what like planets and asteroids are. Just it's on a, just a completely different scale of size. Yeah. Like how you said, human veins kind of look like tree roots. I mean, I don't think that's a coincidence. It's not. I mean, in some ways they serve the same purpose. I mean, your veins have to give nutrients to other parts of your bodies. And I mean, that's what roots are. They tree come from your heart, right? Right. And the tree roots go down into the earth. They like, absorb nutrients. Yeah, like, I don't think it's coincidence either. Life is intricate, man. Yeah, for sure, for sure. It's fucking wild, bro. If you're ever feeling negative, just try to take a step back and realize that that's a bad mood and you can change it. Right. Once people realize that they're in change total, topic. <laughs> total control of their fucking emotions, bro. I mean, like, not total control, but... You are the observer of your emotions, so therefore you can change it. Right. So your emotions come, and you're just like, so, oh, fuck. All right, so you get that sad emotion. Your subconscious shoots a thought 
to match that exact feeling. Mm -hmm. So whenever you have a sad thought, you're gonna have thoughts that come out that match that sad feeling. So when you have a happy thought, your brain shoots out feelings that match that emotion. So if you can just think of one thing that makes you happy, you'll start the snowball effect of a happier emotion. Yeah, I think when an event happens, there's two events that happen um, as consequences of it. So like an event happens and you have a, phys a physiological reaction. So you experience an emotion and you can't control that. You can't control what it is. You can't control how powerful that emotion comes on. And then the action after that is your own conscious, your own conscious interpretation of what happens. And I think it's important to not let the, physio the physiological reaction influence how you consciously interpret what happens. Mm -hmm. Like, I mean, emotions are something that everyone experiences to some yeah. degree or another. But if you, you have to be able to step back, kind of like what you were saying earlier, and be able to observe the emotion from outside of it. Mm -hmm. And then that's when you can say, okay, so this happened. It might not be a big deal, okay, but I reacted to that. Was that reaction warranted? Probably not. And then that's where you can really start to figure things out. Moods are always on the run, man. Always. Constantly changing. Constantly. Constantly change, but once you add more intention to your attention, you can change your mood whenever. Right. I was going to say this uh, earlier. I think it was Shakespeare. He said, nothing is good or bad. It's only what you think of it. Something like that. See, that's really deep because that can relate to anything in life. Anything. And Shakespeare knew this thousands of years ago. Say that one more time. Well, not thousands. Nothing is good or bad. It's only what you think of it. It's only what you think of it. It's crazy as fuck. Nothing is good or bad. A person, not good or bad. It's only what you think of them. Wow. Because nothing has a title just stamped on it, bad or good, because everyone has a different right. perception of it. Stimuli, stimuli is almost always neutral. It's always neutral. And your interpretation is your own imprint on what happens. I heard this one quote. It That's, was That just comes back to stereotypes, you know, labeling people. Every judgmental people, you know, just like pre prejudgmental assumptions, you know. Everything. Like before you meet someone, you're like, I, I don't like that dude. I'm not gonna hang out with him, you know. Like before you, you even know this dude. Right. It reminds me of this one quote. It was, uh, a lot of the times the problem isn't the problem. The way we think about the problem is the problem. Yeah. So like, if you just think differently, it's not. It's, your thoughts have so much power behind them, dude. Mhm. Mm so much power behind them. What time is that at? I can't even tell. Twenty six. Twenty six. All right. Should we cash it? Yes, cash it. Cash. 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 Alright. I hope you enjoyed podcast number three. Tune in next Wednesday. Thank you for watching.